Welcome to where the screen door slams and the coffee mug hits the table. You're listening to The Family Balancing Act with me, Maureen Huntley, mom, grandmother, and board-certified holistic and functional medicine health coach. Each episode, we'll explore the realities of your day-to-day family life in this modern era of nonstop texts, memes, and technology. After all, how do we keep ourselves sane and our family healthy? I'll have amazing guests and thought-provoking discussions, and we'll take a holistic look at family health, emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual. Whether it's a micro-perspective of family involving healthy snacks, teenagers with an attitude, stressed-out husbands, partners, adult children, potty training, elder care grandchildren, college prep, or a macro-perspective of world events, including blue, earthquakes, the brainwashing media, finances, and oh, so much more. We'll find a way together. So take a deep breath, exhale, and know that you're not alone. Bring on the Family Balancing Act. Welcome to the Family Balancing Act, where restoring the heart and art of motherhood starts with one conversation at a time. I'm Maureen Huntley, your host, board-certified integrative holistic and functional medicine health coach, emotional freedom technique practitioner, mom, grandmother, wife, and CEO of my family's home operations. So let's talk money. What is it? How do you use it and the power it has over us? Michelle Lucas is my guest on today's episode of the Family Balancing Act. She is a financial coach and founder of Wallet Therapy, great name, a virtual financial coaching business. Ah, money, 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 cold, hard cash, or is it digital? Money is a commodity accepted by general consent as a medium for economic exchange. It is the medium in which prices and values are expressed. It circulates from person to person, from country to country, facilitating trade, and it is the principal measure of wealth. March 24th, 2023, Definition Encyclopedia Britannica. Money allows us to meet our basic needs, right? It buys us food and shelter, and it pays for things like healthcare, things we need. And meeting these needs is just so essential. And if we don't have enough money to do so, our personal well-being and the well-being of our family and the well-being of community and as a whole suffers greatly. So growing up, our family struggled financially. My parents were, as my mother would exclaim, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Funny, my husband's name is Paul. Well, I'll explain that in a moment. But there were times my mother would would have me run to the A&P grocery store 
which was just right around the block from my house. And she'd have me buy bananas. Well, they would be the ones that would be bruised and definitely a few days old. And the best part, though, was that they were 10 cents a bunch. And that would be our dinner. Other times we had enough to eat and there was nothing ever wasted in our house. There were starving children in Biafra and, and we'd need to send them our leftovers if we didn't eat all that was on our plate. Disclaimer, I mean, rarely was there anything left on our plates and what was left, it went to the dog. My parents were struggling and just trying to keep it all together. Well, growing up, my brothers and I would witness our mother crying and our father frustrated and angry as they shuffled through the piles of bills and the orange-colored late notices on the dining room table. Mom worked babysitting, cooking, and in school jobs, like cooking in the cafeteria, and other little jobs, which she was always home when we got back from school. And Dad... He had three jobs. Monday through Sunday, he'd be out the door at 2.30 a.m. and back by 6 a.m. His job was to organize newspapers for the local paper routes. His real job, his Monday through Friday job, was out the door from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., sometimes later. And there was also the third job, was at the local hardware store on Saturdays. We rarely saw him. He was constantly on the treadmill of trying to earn a buck. They both worked so hard. And money doesn't grow on trees. And the rich can't be trusted would come out of my father's mouth at any time. This emotional toll of living in lack, worry, and stress it took out on our parents was actually the training for my brothers and my future. We were watching. We learned how to live life, love, and all about what money is and how it's used, the struggle to get it, the struggle to keep it, the pain of not having it. But that was normal. That was our normal. Right? Well, we kind of knew it wasn't. Both our parents grew up in households that didn't have two pennies to rub together. To quote both of them, they'd say that. But they were fed, clothed, and they had roofs over their head. My father with his Bible in his hand and my mother with her rosary beads. Faith will get us through. And it did. But some practical advice on budgeting and saying no to impulse purchasing or just questioning the cost of something and not just trusting the salesman, that would have helped a whole lot. Now a bit about my husband, Paul. He will actually say he rescued me, but actually I rescued him also in many ways. But honestly, when I met him, he looked good. He was funny. He was smart. And he was a CPA and a tax man, a guy who knew how to work with money. Just another perspective. I was like, I'm in love. So in this episode of the Family Balancing Act, we'll be looking at all ways money is used in our, and in our relationships and our relationship to it. 
What is the generational debt and how do we break up with that? And what do we do when we need to empower the next generation? So come on in, pull up a chair, grab a tea, coffee, water, or maybe even a green juice, because we have a lot to talk about with my guest, Michelle Lucas. She is a financial coach and founder of Wallet Therapy, a virtual financial coaching business. She loves helping individuals, families, and small business owners. Boy, have could I have used you long ago. <laughs> learn to confidently manage their money and establish long-term healthy relationships with money. So important. Michelle uses her many years of experience supporting her clients with establishing a budget, debt payoff strategies, money mindset, credit repair, and understanding their numbers. She is very passionate about helping others reduce their money stress and learn more about themselves in the process. I am so honored to have you here today with me, Michelle. Welcome to the Family Balancing Act. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Let's see here. Oh, awesome. I'm just trying to fix my, there we are. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, it's so, it really is so exciting to have you here because this, you know, as I said in my little opening there, that, you know, I struggled, we struggled with this. My household struggled with this. And we thought we were the only ones. And it was this big family secret. And sometimes the secret had to expand to asking family members to rescue my family from a financial disaster. So nobody was supposed to know. And then as I started to grow up and get out in the world, I was doing the same exact thing, the same thing, because that's how I learned. I And I had debt and I'd hide it and I didn't want anybody to know. And even up until the last days before my parents passed away and, and they both passed within months of each other, they were hiding bills under cushions in the in the living room it like they never were able to break the cycle and I see you know with our family and it, it's extended family also has this stuff going on and um, I'm grateful I married who I married but I still have a lot of these tendencies so so I thank you so much for sharing your story I feel like one of the first steps is to become aware of why you have certain emotions towards money, or maybe, you know, the first time you can think about money and, and, you know, how old were you? What did that look like? What was the scenario? What was the situation? Um, and a lot of times I think oftentimes we see our parents as stressed out when it comes to money, when it comes to bills, never really kind of sitting down and handling it right? And teaching us how to do it. We just see them stressed out like, oh, we can't afford this. Or, you know, mom, I want to go on this field trip. I need this bike. And it's like, oh, we can't have that. Um, but rather than, you know, talking about how we can change that mindset and maybe in front of our children, showing them how we kind of handle that situation and how we rectify it and um, plan accordingly. I don't think that's oftentimes showed. It's it's more of the stressors or, you know, in the moment, you know, you're stressed out and our parents react and it's understandable. Um, but it's also important to show them how you resolve that too. 
because they're going to take that and learn from that as they grow. So where have you found you've improved your money relationship after identifying kind of similar scenarios or situations that's happened in your past? Wow, that's a big question. Um, I, for myself, I've noticed that, um, that not, you know, pulling myself back and not purchasing everything I see in sight. Now, my parents didn't really fully do that, but when Christmas came, it took them the next nine months to pay off whatever they got us for Christmas. And mind you, it wasn't an overabundance of stuff. It might be something we actually needed like a bicycle, but it was it was a big deal for them because they struggled. So I am so blessed that I never really had to struggle in that way, but I still, as I say, face it with um, not going overboard on things I don't really need and really looking at and asking myself the question, what purpose is that? Why am I, why is this need calling me? Why do I feel, or how is this showing up for me? Yes. These feelings of lack. And I think a lot of it has to do in my own personal story around lack, this hole, this emptiness of not being filled up. When you don't feel filled up, you try to find other things, stuff to fill up a hole and just keep yeah. filling it up so I can so I can feel more love, more um, acceptance, whatever, wherever you're feeling deficient, wherever I'm feeling deficient. And sometimes it is that I'm feeling lack of love. Nobody's appreciating me. I'm a mother of four and a grandmother. Yeah. And I have like, hello, I just made dinner for the eighth night in a row and everybody leaves me in the kitchen then to clean up so that's you know so what do I do I'll show them I'll go and you know buy something for myself or take myself out for a day or, or a morning and do a spa thing but really who am I hurting I'm hurting right. my my husband and I not I mean not and that's a very trivial thing and he's not going to see it as I'm hurting him but I'm not honoring our relationship and my relationship with money. Right. And but paying it back. But you recognizing that, and I feel like, you know, subconsciously, a lot of people will just, you know, same situation, same scenario, and just go out and do it. But where you're sitting back and you're realizing and you're asking yourself and you're in tune with yourself and you're reflecting on why is this? Oh, it's because I've been cooking meals for nine straight days and having to clean up and not. So you can identify it and then kind of work on that and, and really express that and then gauge where the root of the problem is. A lot of times people feel or don't, can't, pinpoint where it is because there's so much in the cycle there's so much in that hamster wheel of just going 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 and a lot of times it's they just keep going until they're burnt out until they go and splurge but identifying that is the first step because when you start to feel those emotions come up again you can pause and you can say where is this really coming from is buying xyz online going to help me 
succeed in the future that I want to have and the lifestyle I want to have and the life I want to have? Or am I really hurting myself? Is there a different conversation I need to have with my family about how I'm feeling? Is that a topic of discussion? And it allows you to kind of sit back and reflect and take a moment to figure out, is this going to hurt me in the long run? Am I, am I benefiting from this? Um, but I think you expressing and sharing your story, you can tell that you can identify where the root is coming from, where those emotions are getting picked up. And I think that's so powerful sometimes is, you know, I, I tell people, especially with the impulse spending is to take a pause, right? There's a, there's this tip called the 48 hour rule. If, if it's not on your grocery list, especially Target, right? People go into Target. It's like everything's right there. Target. You want to spend, yes, exactly. You want to go in and spend $100, you come out spending $350. And it's like, how, right? So I tell a lot of times my clients is accept and adopt that 48-hour rule. If it's not on your list, it'll be there in 48 hours. Probably most of the time in 48 hours, you completely forget that you wanted that thing. That wasn't something that's going to benefit your life. If that's not on the list, that's not something that's a part of your plan or will really add value, but maybe more stress. And then ask yourself why, like you said, like, is this something that's going to help me move forward in life and help me, you know, progress emotionally and physically, or is it just something kind of like a bandaid over something? Um, so I like to use that. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. And mm -hmm. another one, as you're talking about this, and I want, we want to get to, I want to get to your story because I think your story is, your story is fantastic. But I just wanted to say an add on to that is um, Amazon, like Amazon is, is the, I <laughs> have the whole of, of, uh, of, you know, the abyss, you know, like you yeah. get lost in that, that, that life sucking thing called Amazon. And I do it probably look at it maybe three times a week because they'll think, oh, I need this and I can get this at, you know, I can buy bulk and get it for less and I don't have to go. They're not selling it at Costco or wherever else I'm trying to function, you know, keep everything, all the wheels on the bus here going. But what I do is I take and I put stuff into the shopping cart and I leave it for two days, the 48 hour rule. Um, but I yeah. didn't even realize that was a it was a rule until you yeah. said, it. I thought, oh my gosh, that's great. Cause then when I go back, I go, I don't need that. What's exactly. This Who put this in here? <laughs> what's this? You know, it'll be like some sort of, um, you know, hair fluffing thing or, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. a, a new mascara, you know, or under eye cover up or something that, you know, like a whole or a false eyelashes. I'm like, I'm not buying false eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some better mascara and it's not going to be from here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's the craziest, craziest thing. But I, this, you are on target. You're great. Can you tell our listeners your story? I'm like, how'd you get into doing this? Like, what was it? Sure. So I can't really pinpoint exactly what it was, to be honest with you. Ever since I was a young child, I used to sit with family members. I know this is going to sound like crazy, but I really did. I used to sit with them and go over their finances, their expenses, their income. And I really just love making things make sense to say, okay, this is where it needs to go on such a such day. I just love doing that. And growing up, um, I, we didn't, we didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot. Um, I have been homeless many times. I, you know, 
we've lived in shelters. I didn't really see a structure or a safety and a foundation. And I knew I liked working and helping people manage their money and their finances. I just, I don't know. I just, it gave me so much passion when doing it. I went to school for finance. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in business administration, a minor in finance and psychology. So I love how the two coincide together. Yeah. Yeah. So I went on to work um, for, you know, corporate finance for a number of years in the trades, but I really wanted to help people. I didn't want to help kind of the you know, the rich with their funds get richer. I really wanted to help people with the basics, with the management, because a lot of people didn't understand that. Um, I then have over 10 years in um, as a paralegal, where I worked with a lot of people who were dealing with foreclosures, evictions, um, debt collections, wage garnishment, student loan debt, you know, all of the above. And I'm like, I keep getting back to help people with their finances. I I just, I love it. And I really just need to do that. And um, now in college, I ended up having a lot of student loan debt. I ended up having some medical issues. So I was in a lot of medical debt. And I remember one time I didn't even have $5 to, you know, get to work and my credit cards were maxed out. And I was like, something isn't right. Like, my management skills, even though I'm going to school for finance, I need to reevaluate. And so when I had my son, it was really my first child. It was really an eye opener. Like I really need to get on top of this. I don't want to keep spinning the wheel. I don't want to be in debt anymore. I don't have to be, I don't have to conform to the societal norms and um, everything I've seen in the past. It, It really started with a decision. I always say to my clients, first, you make the decision that you want something to change, that you want better for your life, that you're saying I, it doesn't have to be this way. And I can now say that I'm credit card debt-free and medical debt-free. And I have been for a number of years. And so I just know that if I can do it and, and where I come from, and a lot of times we just need the support. It's not talked about. People don't talk about finances. People hide, you know, behind closed doors about their finances. There's so much shame. There's so much emotion tied with money. So I want to make it more, by learning about people's stories and talking about it, you can take pieces from how other people manage their money and maybe that'll benefit you. And you can also help other people in the same token. So I really just want to make talking about money, you know, something that's not as taboo or something that's more common and more received, right? Um, So people don't have to suffer in silence because I don't want anyone to suffer in silence. There's a way to really take control of your finances and feel empowered and really use money as a tool to live the life that you want to live because money is a tool. It doesn't have to have control. You have the power. And remembering that always you have the power. And if you don't tell your money where to go, it'll decide for you. So it's it's in your control. That is just on target girl you have (laughs) beautiful what you said and as you're speaking I could see you know people talk about money but they're the wealthy they Mm -hmm. will boast some people boast about it some don't but they you know I will they'll I'll be in a circle of people who'll be talking about what funds they have or oh you know you should check out you know fidelity over this, you know, like they'll have the Vanguard or what, you know, they'll just be discussing their different funds or, you know, their 401ks or whatever, you know, whatever. And whereas a lot of people can't even begin to think about 
they're right. just putting their money into a fund or having any kind of retirement set aside. They're just, and that's how my parents were just living day to day and, and struggling to it. You know, my mother would take and hide money when she'd get it. You know, when she worked, did her little jobs, she'd pull out like a couple dollars here and there. So she'd have a little backup stack and thank God she did. Cause there were times that that was really needed to get, you right. know, to help them out. But that shouldn't be so. So when you had your son and you realized this enough, enough of this, how did you take that step forward? What was your first step beyond going, I've had it, I'm doing something. What was your next step? So it was actually around the time, like right before I had him, I was living in an apartment. I was a single woman and I'm like, I you know, I'm living in an apartment. I, you know, I have this debt, but I don't have kids yet. What am I doing? Where's my money? Why do I not have a cash flow? What, what am I doing? So the first thing I did was, like I said, I made the decision. Then I researched, I looked things up. I pretty much created my own financial literacy course. I was listening to podcasts. I was taking in any information I could. Now, some information was great information, but not for me right? And that's why I love financial coaching for me, because when I work with my clients, I am not there to tell them what they need to do. I do not shame them anything. I'm here to listen and listen to their stories of why they are the way they want and help them achieve their goals and, and have a healthy relationship with money, because how they manage their money is going to be different than how I manage it. And that's not right or wrong, but it's helping you and guiding you and providing that support to really get to where you want to have that positive, long-term healthy relationship, because that's what it is, money in your relationship, which is lifelong. So it's always going to need some grace, right? Attention and, and just understanding with that. And it's going to always change, you know, depending on whatever happens in life, different life events, right? You're going to fall. But I like to say to my clients, at least with this better relationship, you can fall with some knee pads on. So you get up quicker and you know what to do, right? You're not falling and you're caving into the ground and you're out for months, right? I like to really help them have that foundation where when they have to make financial decisions, they can trust themselves because I find that a lot of my clients, especially single mothers have, do not trust themselves at all with money. They don't think they can even handle it. And then they avoid it. So I like to really build up their confidence and teach them some skills that really work for them and their lifestyle so they can really have a, a better relationship and really help their future and their kids. Because everything they do is teaching their kids they're, as they're going through this process right. of working with you, they're hopefully they're teaching their kids also. But I loved how you said the relationship you keep, and I read this online too, on your, on your website, which is really great. You've got great information on there um, where it's like, almost like another, it's like a person, it's like an entity. You have, you are in relationship with it. it. It is, it's not a person. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't have a soul necessarily, but it, it's emotional and it's energetic. Yes. So honoring that energy as a real thing and not this like pieces of paper or whatever, or digital, however people are functioning now. Um, it's, it's real. Yeah. So cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Is. it really is. Oh, I just, yeah, when you think about it, and I never really thought about it that way. And actually, as we're speaking, I have this giant uh, kind of a, a goal slash dream board in front of me. And in smack dab in the middle of it is a someone holding hundred dollar bills, you know, like a fan. And it's just to remind me that that it's real, that it's that it's there and it's to be dealt with and it need to pay your bills and you can do wonderful things and help people with this. Also, you yeah. can you can pay it forward, help others um, with money, but it's it's to be dealt with. Yes. So. It, that's why I say it is a tool, right? Because if if helping others and if that's something that's important to you, you can use that money. Now, money can also be used as a tool to maybe have, you know, a home for you and your children that you want, or maybe get you out of a situation that you no longer have to be in. So how can we use that? How can we take what you have? Because like money is used you know, in society, that's just our way of trade, right? Is we use money for services and, and things and products. And so how can we use that to really live a fulfilling life and, and help those around us? If that's something that's important to you. That's, and that's great. Uh, Cause another way I was thinking of using money, we know, when we get um, like a gift card from somebody and that's, just a card that says there's $25 on it or whatever, but that's actually money. And mm -hmm. to view it as that and to be grateful for it because it's money. But even like gifts people give us, it took money to get them and to have the gratitude around that and not to throw it away, you know, like have a throwaway attitude. Even right. food that somebody places in front of us because we've gone to their house for dinner, for a meal. I don't always think this way. But our conversation is having me go ding, ding, ding in my head going, right. that's right. That is money. That is, and having gratitude for it. And to not, as my father would say, you know, it was like some evil thing that, that the rich people dealt with. And when you look at it that way, I, I, we didn't move forward. My family didn't move forward from that because we saw it as like a, it was, you know, evil. And that's what I was about to say. Having that mindset is something that can hold you back from even allowing yourself to really even just get control where you feel like you're not riding that hamster wheel and, and spinning and just the stress, but rather just having more peace when it comes to your financial situation, because you know no, I've got this. I'm more in control. I know my bills are paid. I, 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 and that's also being in tune with who you are. You know who you are. Are you a greedy person or are you an evil person? No, right. You just, you want to have peace. You don't want to be stressed out. And what you touched on earlier, it's kind of the idea of instead of saying, Oh, I have to pay my bills this month. I get to pay my bills so I can have this wonderful home over my head. I have, wow, I have the privilege and honor to do this. I get to, okay. And kind of just a small little shift when you say, oh, I have to do this or I have to, I get the opportunity to do this. Wow, that's gratitude. And, and I have it and I can do it. Even if it's mm -hmm. not the full amount to pay, even if it's just a little portion, um, it's, it's stepping into taking responsibility. Yeah. And gratitude. 
I sign checks now. I, well, I hardly sign checks anymore anyway, but when I have, I, or I'll write, thank you. I love and that. Just to say thank you to the person who did the, you know, clean something for me or did, you know, a, a favor or whatever. I needed something dropped off. I'll write thank you because I think it's important to be grateful for everything. Right. And money is, is it. So how do we get our children to pay attention to this? How do you, where do you begin in teaching kids? And I know it all, like starting very young, at what age would you say, would you begin? I mean, as early as possible, I think even just when you're speaking about money out loud, be aware of whatever you're saying, they're taking it in and they're going to really kind of build their habits and foundation around that. So even in that example that we said, wow, I have the privilege to pay for this, you know, being grateful for the money and really looking at it that way. But um, one tip I like is sitting with your children and asking them what their wants are, what are their desires, really make them feel like you care about what they want and, and what they can have. And then create a plan with them. Okay. So this is what you want. Let's look it up. Let's get a picture of it. Maybe create a vision board then say, okay, here are some things that we can do to help you save money to get something that you love so much, right? Can we maybe try to, you know, start, I don't know if they still do lemonade stands, but I would like lemonade stand, <laughs> they do in go clean your life. neighbor's house. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like go, go help your neighbor. Or maybe if you do chores and and start incorporating that. And then, you know, if they're making money and finding ways to make money, show them how to budget, show them how to really manage their money and start introducing them on saving and how they can use their money as a tool. Um, and also providing that cushion for maybe later goals that they may have or things that they want in the future. So just yes. kind of being in tune with what they want and then creating you know, an atmosphere for them to feel comfortable and create and, and to really come up with a plan of how they can create their own money. They're going to be so excited about that. That's great. And, and teaching them how to save also along with like getting something that you really want. And, or even I've seen things with like people doing like family trips and having a family trip jar or whatever, but, but for a child to actually say, I want this truck and to actually save for it by doing little chores or doing whatever they can do and to then go go and get it with their parent or go and get it with their caretaker and just the joy of actually having that exchange of something for something yeah it's just energy exchange which is that's so cool i can so see it yeah yeah and you know what the thing is too sometimes you may find that your child saves up for something like we talked about earlier, that 48 hour rule, then they'll say, you know, I worked really hard. I don't think I really want to spend my money on this item anymore, but that's showing how they're valuing that money that they earned and the work they put into that. And that's showing them and that's going to help them in the future when making financial decisions is adding more of their values into their life and their decisions that they make. So it really just starts there. That's yeah. so great. Uh that is just, it's so great to, to, um, to actually teach the future, to teach these kids because you're teaching their parents, you're teaching the mothers or the families at the same time. 
Um, do you have a, a, a success story of any of your clients, obviously not saying any names, but where they really feel that they've, that they've really got a better handle on what they're doing and where they're and their Yes. Yes. I have one that comes to mind instantly. She came to me, she's a single mother. She has an amazing child and she came from a very hard situation and she's not really getting help. And she removed herself and she didn't have a budget in place. Um, she started her own business. All of her money was kind of intertwined, personal business. Um, she just spent without a plan and um, really not saving anything. Um, and we worked together for six months and we really just kind of went through kind of how she views money, the emotions that she has tied to money and really created a management system that works best for her. I helped her with her business um, and budgeting and within her business, within her personal life, having, you know, what's important to her, setting up a savings fund for her child. And she completed the program, I want to say about a couple months ago. And she texted me a few weeks ago and she said, I just need to tell you about my win. I budgeted for this desk for my new office that I created for my business that is thriving. And I went into the store and I didn't overspend. I stayed right on track with my budget. I didn't buy other items. And for her, this was absolutely huge. It was huge for her to go in and then leave and say, I did it. I'm doing it and I'm, I'm changing my mindset in my relationship. And she felt so empowered and so proud of herself. Like when I see my clients feel so proud of themselves for the decisions that they're making with their money. Oh my goodness. It's the best. So she I'm was so proud. so proud. I'm like, yeah. I'm like <laughs> smiling ear to ear because I can feel it. I can feel it. I, yeah. I, I have my own story around my own. Uh, when I had a cold pressed juice company and I had, um, and it, it got to be pretty big. And it was um, in that it was in the Northeast area. And my juices were sold all the way up to Boston, all the way down wow. to, through to Washington, DC. I was in all the grocery stores um, and it was like thriving and going. And, but as it, and these are my deep, dark secrets here, I'm, ex <laughs> I'm releasing, but as it, um, it, it carried on, I kept using the excuse of I'm not being supported emotionally on many levels. And, and this is why it's not working, but that that's not the full story. The full mm -hmm. story is, is that I wasn't managing it. Well, I'd never managed anything that large before in my life. And, um, it was overwhelming and I had 17 employees and it was hard to manage all the, I was doing it all. When somebody didn't show up, I was on the floor making the juices also. And I was, you know, getting them to where they needed to go. If the guy didn't show up to get them to where they needed to go or, you know, getting them to some stores when the machine broke down or whatever, there were like a multitude of issues that went along with it. But I did not take a good, this is then my going back into my childhood, my going back into my parents' stuff and not working with the actual numbers, not wanting to look at the actual numbers or looking at the actual needs, but looking at what was, what I would say the um, public would look at, the bottles, 
and what was in the bottle because it was it was fantastic. People today still reach out to me going, what do you mean you don't make this anymore? Where can oh. I find something like it? Because what was in it was gold and and how the whole set, it was gold, but the but it was built on sand mm-hmm. and it just kept washing away. And in the end, I, I let it go and I sold off pieces of it, but it just... And I'm, and ultimately I'm relieved because it was before COVID and they probably, you know, that was not an easy time, but that was my baby. That was my child number five and I miss it, but I don't miss it. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot about myself. And that's one of the things you mentioned on your website is that you learn so much about yourself. What would you say you learn, people learn about themselves? You know, I find that a lot of people just aren't looking to see or ask themselves why I feel this way. They're just, I am this way. I am bad with money. I don't trust myself with money. I can't handle this, but it's like, why do you feel that way? And is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it true? Is it? Is it because we can learn every day as humans, we can grow and we can Every day is an opportunity for us to learn and grow as a person. It doesn't matter how old you are, right? And within that, that could just be something within yourself that you're learning. So asking yourself more questions. Why? Why do I feel this way? Is this true? And does it have to be this way? And forgiveness, forgiving your past, forgiving your parents, for understanding that they only knew what they knew and they did the best they can. And forgiving yourself too. And really learning to understand your numbers because your numbers are painting a picture of how you're living your life and how you view yourself and your worth too, right? So it's just, yeah. yeah. So it's really just asking yourself those why questions and knowing that you're worthy of having the life you want to live. You don't have to explain why to anybody, but you are worthy of living the life that you want to live. And that's okay. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you. That's very clear and deep because so many of us, and on so many levels, it's not even with money, but on all levels, it's how come this is showing up in my life and where did it come from and how do I feel and what am I going to do about it? And we can drown ourselves in, in, in the self-deprecation of of failure, but really there's no failure. It's just process. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm sure you've, you, you, I don't mean to put this on you. Have you dealt with people who've gone through foreclosures and um, major debt where they just had to start over? Yes, I have. And you know, a lot of times it's, I'll have just a whole session that isn't necessarily based off of a strategy plan, but really just talking through it, talking through the emotions of it. And really kind of how I work is I talk about how you feel in it, maybe a little bit of the past, how that happened, but also how would you like to feel when you're out of it? Or what will that look like for you? And what will that free up for you? What kind of life will that bring you? 
And then we'll work together to fill in the in-between to get you there and to make you appreciate and, and honor every step of this journey because it is beautiful and it's okay. It's life, right? Like you right. said, it's life a process. We're going it's to fall messy. down. Yeah. Right. 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 Life is messy and that's just the way it is. And and the the getting to the the getting the vision of what it is with at the end of this. It's not the end. It's just the next step. It's yeah. the next big step. So so often I find even with my clients, it's the getting to that that vision is hard because they're so caught up in looking at the stuff in front of them yeah. and the stuff behind them mostly that they can't see what's possible. Yes. And it's really about flexing that dream muscle, the dream yes. to start doing that. And I too, I mean, I, people, we have that. That's a hard thing to do is to really dig in and go, I can dream this dream. And sometimes it's like, you might mention it and then you go, oh, I'm not worthy of that. No, I'm not there. I'll never get there. I'll never get that. Mm -hmm. It's getting that mindset. You said like kind of getting it, taking a big brush and washing it out of the head yeah. and our heart and our, and our gut. This and sometimes you have to tell yourself enough. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> You know, like, we never we talk to that. our friends that way. Going, exactly. Oh, your ideas suck. You were, really, yeah. you're never going to get there. Like we would never right. say that to our friends. We wouldn't even no. say it to somebody we hate necessarily. We just walk away from them. Mm -hmm. But it's, right. it's, why are we talking to ourselves like that? You loser. You know, like, why, why, why would yeah. I say that to myself? But I do, we do. Yeah. And, but that's great. Just standing strong and saying enough, stop it. Enough. Yeah. Attitude. Treat yourself better. And, and for every time you, if, if you listeners, for every time you say something negative to yourself, try to, after you do that, say something positive that you like about yourself, please switch it, switch it. I love it. Yeah maybe doing that some sort of emotion or having a sticky note like stuck to something wherever you go the back of your phone yeah i think that these yeah cause, cause we cart these things around everywhere that's a good one maybe sticking that on there going switch it yes <laughs> or, yes you know watch your words yeah talk to me nicely <laughs> yeah right be nice to me yeah yeah, <laughs> every time, yeah. See, even every time you pick up your phone and somebody sees the back of that they're gonna go like okay i thought i was being nice to you <laughs> it's it's for I'm you talking to know myself to yeah, yeah. <laughs> have a conversation with me <laughs> hug me. yourself hug okay. yourself like i i hug myself sometimes like sometimes i'm like i need a hug because we're we're so hard on ourselves hug yourself love right. yourself tell yourself you're worthy honestly right. of value you are of value mm -hmm. and there is no there's not enough money in this world to cover your value. No, it, do, it doesn't matter how much you have. It's, it's a tool that doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. It's a tool to help you or guide you. And you can use that and, and research and find out information on ways it'll best work for you and, and what you want to contribute to the world. So, yeah. that um, You have said tool many times during our conversation. And I think that that is such an important takeaway is that it is a tool. It's 
and it is there for your using and to trust it and love yourself up through this process. Mm -hmm. So before we close, I just want to make sure our listeners know where to find you, um, Michelle, because you are, you're incredible. Your energy is great. I can see why your clients love you and want to work with you and, and do the work because they, they know you've been there Mm -hmm. and, and they trust you. So, um, I highly recommend you take this down, but it'll also be in our, um, in the description, the show description also, but Michelle, where can they find you? So my website is wallettherapy.net, or you can find me on Instagram at wallet underscore therapy. I do have, if anyone wants to chat or reach out, I do have a free 20 minute call with me. We can talk about some of the experiences that you have with money, a completely non-judgmental, trustworthy zone of just communicating back and forth to maybe help you on your journey. Um, So if any of you would like to reach out or just follow Instagram um, for any tips or my website, please, I'm here to help everyone. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, You again are amazing. And I am so very grateful. I know we ping back and forth. I found Michelle. I'm, I think it was Instagram or Facebook or something. And, um, I just loved what you had said from the very beginning. And, and I'm so grateful that you came on because you never know, you never know who's going to be like, Hey, come on my podcast, but uh, I'm so grateful you did. So thank you very much. And I would like to um, say to our listeners to here on the Family Balancing Act is just to close your eyes for a moment, but not if you're driving and just take a deep breath all the way down and exhale and know that you're not alone here on the Family Balancing Act. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you.